sorry to be the bad guy here. While we want new fans, truth is, it was catered to the older fans more. Welcome to another episode of the Nerdy Fangirl Podcast. And today we are going to talk about Ruruni Kenshin or aka Samurai X, which was originally published in 1994 to 1999, while its anime adaptation began in 1996 to 1998. It had a four episode OVA entitled Trust and Betrayal in 1999 and another two episode OVA in 2002 followed by 2012 New Kyoto Arc. But we are not talking about the OVA today, but the newest release film, Ruruni Kenshin The Final, which starred Takeru Sato and Emi Takei, directed by Keishi Otomo. So joining me once again today is our trusted guest, co-host, Ray, <laughs> who is also a fellow Sebuan otaku, currently based in New Zealand. So you might remember him from our Tresse anime and comics episode. So hi, Ray. Welcome again to the show. Hi, Glee, and thank you for having me back. Thank you. And otaku, I mentioned about otaku earlier. So I know there's a bad connotation in Japan about otaku, but you're fine for me calling you otaku? I will fully say I'm a geek, a nerd, a dork, not exactly in that order. So calling me otaku is completely <laughs> fine and accurate. <laughs> Great, and me as well. Like I'm a self-professed otaku, and for some reason, to me, it's I feel like it's not an insult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. something that uh, we wear on our sleeves, and you know, if people want to view it negatively, that's their that's their poison. For me, I'm happy to be me in in that sense. So mm, yeah, great. I'm proud yeah, yeah. of being an otaku. <laughs> me too. Okay, <laughs> high five, high five. <laughs> Virtual high, high five. five. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so today we're going to talk about the newest live action, The Final, which just aired, I think, May in Netflix, but I guess it was aired in Japan last year. I'm not quite sure yeah. as to COVID situation there, but yes. So what do you think of the live action movie? So this particular movie, if we're just going to talk about the final, I really did love it. I always felt that they tried to be faithful to the Uruni Kenshin manga and anime. But I also have to be honest and say that since the Inishi arc really is a serious arc, it's not as enjoyable for me compared to the first movie and compared to the earlier parts of the original anime that I'm sure you and I have, have binge-watched at some point. So it's not my favorite among the, I suppose, among the Rurouni Kenshin movies. But again, for me, it's faithful, beautifully done. I really like the actors in the way they present the characters. And yeah, fight scenes, of course, as usual, it's amazing. You know, what did you think about it? Uh, yes, I, I'm in the same boat with you. So I loved it. The action scenes were mind-blowing. I mean, it's not realistic, but... But what I loved about it is that, you know, Takeru Sato really did his yep. own action scenes. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know about Enishi, but I read that he was the son of a famous martial artist in Japan. I don't know if you've read that. No, I'm not sure about that either. I just know that Enishi is, well, they showed it in the movie and of course the anime does touch on it that he is the brother of Kenshi's first wife, Tomoe. And for me, I, as somebody who also has a sister, who has a brother, personally, I do understand a bit where that 
anger and hatred is coming from after what he saw with Hampton's sister. But yeah, to go back, Inishi's character was portrayed very nicely. Compared to the manga, they almost look alike, to be honest. Mm. If you've seen the manga or the anime, they do look alike and it's well done. Yes, they were very similar. Although, honestly, I didn't read the manga, but I had a copy of like a Japanese copy. So it just for, you know, for collection was now in the Philippines. But I think it was in the OVA, right? That he was there. And I didn't really watch the OVA recently. It was like, let's say, years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah. So to me, I just know Inishi, but I couldn't really remember in detail. Like he was part of this Chinese group. So that part, I kind of missed it. I didn't remember, but it's good that I got reorientated in this film. So I'm not sure if he did his own stunts, but in terms of the fight scenes, I watched the behind the scenes. I don't know if you've you've had a chance to watch them. Not all the behind the scenes. I saw the one that Takeri Sato did. And yeah, you could really say, oh, wow, this guy knows his stuff. So he's not somebody you want to mess with on the streets. But (laughs) with regard to the Inishi character, again, I I don't know if he did his own stunts. Whether or not he did the movie, it doesn't take away from the fact that the movie was wonderfully done. And the actor who portrayed Inishi did it very well. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And just to briefly touch on it, are there subtle differences with anime and manga characters in terms of portrayal? Or they were like, truly faithful to it well for me and again i'm not as familiar with the anishi arc as i am maybe with what i've seen in the uh, in the anime during my much younger years so to say that it was fully faithful with regard to characters or story i would go and say it was faithful there were obviously some changes to you know to scale down an entire series to into just one movie that being said if we're going to look at the uh, the Ruruni Kenshin movies as a whole or even parts by parts you can see that they were also doing their best to be very faithful however changes were clearly there again to try to put things on a smaller scale so i suppose i would like to also say that if my favorite in the entire series was the very first Ruruni kenshin movie i would say that uh, they merged two arcs together and it went very well so i suppose in this anishi arc they did their best to do it down it's for me it wasn't the best again but still a beautiful movie Yes, and I read some comments that people who are not familiar with the source material had a hard time understanding it. So I don't know if you read about it, but I just kind of skimmed through it. And maybe they might have a point. I was watching the movie with my husband. (laughs) He didn't really appreciate it as much as I did. But what are your thoughts or comments on that? Well... Look, with a lot of these kinds of movies, especially those that are based on a certain source material, while it is trying to get new fans on its side, its main audience, I suppose, it's its older fans. Those that have followed the journey of their favorite character, like in this case, Kenshin and whatnot. So even if you are not as crazy a fan as maybe you or me about Kenshin, you might have heard already of Inishi long before the movie. And chances are there is a part of you that wish that it would be in the movie because you wanted to see how that would go. Whereas new fans or those that are not familiar with, with the anime, they'd really have that kind of thought like, huh, what's, what's this about? Because if I, I'll tell you right now, if I wasn't a fan of Ruruni Kenshin, I'd be confused about that Inishi movie as well. So 
I suppose your husband's reaction and many others, they're quite justified. But sorry to be the bad guy here. While we want new fans, truth is, it was catered to the older fans more. Mm. Well said, well said. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I could understand their side, but as you've mentioned as well, it's so hard to cramp that whole story in one film. And actually, no, there is an upcoming film. Now, it's coming this Friday. This is, uh, we're recording this now, like third week of July, but it's coming next week. So I guess 31st of July. So the beginning. Ah, the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Because what happened was for our listeners, the film was first released 2012, right? Yes. So I think both of us were still in the Philippines at that yep. time. Yep. And I can totally recall my feeling at that time. <laughs> the, we have to line up to the theaters. Yep. Because it was very packed and forced no COVID at that oh, time. Yeah. yeah. And people were so very excited. And I think even people lined up, even though they weren't really great fans of Rooney Kenshin, I feel. And they also had their Asian release or I don't know, like a premiere yep. night in the Philippines at that time. I believe so. Yeah. I think may not have been the first, but I think it was the second movie that ah, the okay. actors actually went to the Philippines mm. that, you know, to drum up the film. But to move back to that first film and to also share a little bit of of what I, th- what I thought about it. Just like you, I saw that. I saw those lines. I saw those fans come out and really wanted to watch this movie. And after completing that movie, for me, it felt not just great. It proved that, you know, if you allow storytellers to tell their story and not just be to you know, focus on just the bottom dollar, then that bottom dollar will just will just come on its own. I think this was a time when a lot of fans who love cartoons, anime, were very disappointed with movies The Last Airbender. And of course, um, Dragon Ball, wherein we felt that this was, they butchered our, like our childhood. Like, exactly. Yeah. And then when we saw that, you know, a Japanese studio was doing Rurouni Kenshin, we saw the trailer, and then we saw the movie and how faithful it was to the source material. The feeling was just magnificent. And this is where we were saying saying that this should be the direction for these kinds of films. Yes, and I'm very happy, elated, or whatever you call it, that they were able to do it this way. Because it will be, as you mentioned, will be butchering. There are a lot, even after this movie. I don't know if this was after or before, but Bleach. Bleach uh. Death Note, it was okay, but... Yeah. Have you seen the Death Note movie, the one with uh, with Shishio? I forgot his name. No. With the Shishio actor on it. Sadly, I have not seen the Death Note movie. I suppose at that time I was still, you could say, healing from having watched Attack on Titan, the movie, wherein I felt like this is horrendous. Why did they do this? I didn't so. even watch it actually. I I was so excited. Yep. I was so excited. I think at that time I was in Dubai. So excited, posting all about it, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I didn't see it like right away firsthand when it first got released. And I heard horror stories. <laughs> exactly. So like, okay, not worth my time. I will not watch it. But have you seen the Attack on Titan? Yes, I did. Which is why I didn't watch its second part because I was that disappointed in the movie. Yes, the fans of Veronica and Sheen are very... Lucky. Blessed, very yeah. lucky to have this 
team, even from the actors or storytellers up to the theme song, really the theme song, really, really captured my heart. Yeah. I'm a big fan of One OK Rock Band. I became a fan after hearing them from mm. the first movie. Have you tried listening to some of their songs? To be honest, with regard to the theme song of the movie, I'm not really familiar with it anymore. And I, I believe I may have mentioned this maybe before, but music isn't exactly one of my strongest suits. I'm probably one, if not the only Filipino you'd ever meet who'd be very uncomfortable in a karaoke. I'd be bored there. But look, with regard to the movie, or at least the ambience the movie of the music in the movie, it does suit it well. And to be fair, whenever I'm at work and I do want to listen to music, it's normally anime or video game music. And one of my favorite songs from the anime is One Third No Junjo No Kanjo. Oh, really? Uh, yep. That, of course, I can't sing that. But listening to it, the beat, somehow you could just feel the emotion in it. And... I'm not afraid to say I listen to that on loop every now and then because it mm. is that, for me, it is that good. And the o actually, here's a little bit of trivia. The only time that you'd actually see Tomoe in the anime. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now now that you mentioned it, yeah. Yep. Well, are you sure it's one third, not one half? No, it was one third. But I'm, because one half was more of Misao, I think. Maybe. You, I'm not, okay. I'm not so sure about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but going back to the music, even the anime itself, it's where I started, I feel. It's where I started playing anime music. Even before a lot of animes or even a lot of like Dragon Ball, I wasn't into Dragon Ball music. I was maybe into slightly Yu Yu Hakusho oh, and okay. Slam Dunk music. Oh, yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, those ones. And of course, Hunter, Hunter, Hunter. Oh, Hunter Hunter, yeah. They had very good openings and endings. Mm. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm talking about music right now. but And then talking <laughs> to you right. that who doesn't really, really listen right. to it that much. But in for Rooney Kenshin, even the background music to me is really mm. heart moving. So it's yep. very different. And even in the OVA, uh, no, not OVA. I think it's just the... The dra dramatic parts, just maybe me, but I really remember I can associate it with Furuni Kenshin. And I'm glad that they were able to brought that to mm. the movie itself, the theme songs and everything. So, yeah. <laughs> yep, definitely. And like I said earlier, and to your point, the movie in the background, the ambience that it gives, even in the anime, the music fits the scene. The music fits the characters, I would say. So hands down, well... I don't think it's it's any secret now, nerdy anime fangirl fans, that we're very much in love with the <laughs> with the yeah. with the anime. And for many of us, it was the first introduction to samurais heavily. And when it's presented this way and with a music to boot, for me, it is one of the best animes out there in yes. any era. Yeah, it's very classic one. And I, to me, I'm so glad I was born in a. <laughs> time that it might sound so cheesy but i'm just so glad to be born in a time that i was able to watch this type of anime oh yeah right now i don't know right now there's not much samurai anime that i can see and more on it's kind of like evolving now more yeah. on the mecha and more yeah. on the futuristic anime yeah. and slice of life i think i think with with technology at everybody's disposal they can come up with all this more fantastical way of storytelling so the kind of stories i think that we that we enjoy and we still do love maybe their time has i don't know maybe their time has passed or 
maybe it's just the world. It evolves. And I think if you recall when we were much younger, we'd look at much older people and hear them say, oh, back in our time, it was so much better. And now we find ourselves in that situation like, oh, the 90s were so much better. But, you know, you tend to understand these things now and say, I know. The world moves. the The world moves forward. We had a very good run, regardless of what era. Rurouni Kenshin will still be the best, or one of the best. But that's it. There are new stories to tell and new ways to tell them. And now that you've mentioned on overall level, which anime do you think have really gave a big impact on your life? Hmm. Well, to say that Rurouni Kenshin had a big impact on my life would be a cheat code, because it did. You know, <laughs> that's how we view samurais. And to be fair, that's how we view the good guy, you know, Kenshin. What anime had a another anime that may have had a really huge impact on me or one that I really enjoyed, I suppose, was that was a much, that's a much older anime. It was, for me, it had impact because it brought myself and my cousins much closer together. This was uh, a time before YouTube. And one of my enduring memories is one of my cousins waking me up at 7 a.m. because Akazuki Chacho was on and we just huddled together, like what, 10 cousins to watch that anime. And it's it's beautiful. That's why it, for me, there's that unifying factor of Akazuki Chacha. Another anime, I suppose, would be um, Fushigi Yugi or more famously known as Curious Play. I think it was really the first sort of action fantasy love story anime that I've seen. And that I think now in retrospect would be the first time I've seen a war on biases like who would people like better, Tamahome or Hotohori or you know that one. I was firmly on Hotohori because you know he's a he's an emperor. Why choose the street <laughs> the other guy? <laughs> so you know I would say that. Funny that you mentioned now because I, I am really like a big anime fan, but I haven't watched Ushigi Yugi unfortunately. So <laughs> I don't know if I can still call myself a big <laughs> anime fan, but I I still do. But it's yeah, I haven't really seen it. I know it was on the local program mm. we had back in the day, but for some reason I wasn't watching it. It may have had the same creator of Ayashino Ceres. Have you heard? Maybe. I mean, they did come out right about the same time, I think. Or, um, uh, or maybe it's just similar. Is yep. it like kind of like similar, not style, but maybe the concept? Ayashino Ceres would have been very different, I suppose, in terms <laughs> of concept. That's what I recall. There, definitely, there was more love story in Fushigi Yugi. And oh, Ayashino, really? Se- yeah, Ayashino Ceres had a little bit more suspenseful action, I would say. I'll admit to that. To tie it all down was everybody waiting for Ruruni Kenshin, which is, yeah, you know... We have that, we have this, and then everybody watches Rurouni Kenshin. And that's when uh, a lot of great talk comes around in school wherein you know, discuss it with friends. Again, nerdy anime fangirls, uh, fans, this was a time before YouTube. So these are people, just imagine younger versions of ourselves, watching, uh, waiting week after week on exactly at a certain time on TV. Unlike now, you can't say, oh, I, I miss it. I have to wait for a VCD or whatnot. That's what happened. You had to wait. Now it's just like, I miss it. Oh, I can just watch it whenever. Yeah, so it's like on was, demand. Yeah. yeah, on demand. So that's why before there was really this like, there's camaraderie. You know? Yeah, anticipation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like it's adding more to your feeling of, you know, mm. wanting to watch it because of that 
um, element of anticipation. And yep. I'm not even sure if I might have even watched Ruroni Kenshin or Samurai X at, back at that time. Maybe late. I was late in the bandwagon, I feel. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, the, the main reason I got introduced to mainstream anime, including Ruroni Kenshin, was actually because I got sick at one time and then I had to stay home. And I had free reign with the TV, despite the fact I should have been resting. So I put it on. Somehow winded up on AXN. Then, ooh, at that time, I didn't even really know what anime was. For me, it's cartoons. And there's a samurai. And there's a lot of fighting. So, for me, it was fun. It was in English, so I understood it. Whereas in, in our local station, it was usually in Tagalog, which I'm not as good as. So, that was great for me. I really enjoyed those and animes at the time. When was this, if I may ask? Mm, might have been 1999, 2000, maybe? Yeah. So um, what is the 2000? Like, is it in your high school, your elementary days? That might have been me on first year high school, I suppose. Ah, okay. Because yeah. me, I watched it in Studio 23, local. Yeah. It yep. was also in English, but I started only watching it like I was third year high school. Yep. A bit late in the arena, I feel, but it really changed me because back in high school, so I'm usually like a silent person, like mm. an introvert and stuff. But there was a time I got bullied and blah, blah, blah before like first year, second year. And then third year, I got introduced to anime. And that's why I'd say that this is the anime that changed my life yep. because... Even though I watched anime before, I think before there was still Yu Yu Hakusho or something, mm. even way back before that, yep. I watched it. I think I watched it in my elementary days, but really didn't really sink in in, in terms of the lessons. Yep. But Ruruni Kenshin, everything is there. The, everything the lessons, is there, yeah. the values and principles. And standing up for yourself. So to me, it was life-changing. It it's like sounds so cheesy, but it was really life-changing for me. And after being introduced to Ruruni Kenshin, so I started to become strong mentally and physically. Yeah. So I signed up for a martial arts class. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And even That's until good. college, I was still doing it. So it was really, really life-changing. I wish I could have that same story in terms of, you know, joining a martial arts class, but unfortunately not. And to be honest, although I love anime, I love Varuni Kenshin, I suppose the life-changing I suppose movie or show for me would have been Harry Potter, to be honest. Because of that, I decided that I like writing more than at that time I wanted to be a priest. So I wanted to be a writer more than I wanted to be a priest. So I decided, yeah, I'm not going to the seminary. <laughs> oh, yep. wow, that's an interesting story. Yep. Only here so at Nerdy Fangirl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so oh. there you go. And yeah, just like you, I have also had my bullies. I've had my concerns that some of which still exist up to today. But overall, things are not fine. Anime has been good to me. Writing has been good to me. And video games has been very good to me, let's just say. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> And you mentioned Harry Potter. I was also mm. such a big Harry Potter fan. But mm. I became a fan also like around third year. So everything in my third year of mm. high school was really the start of me, you know, like swimming in the water, not drowning, metaphorically. I try. I tend to become the person that I'm watching for some reason. <laughs> All right. you, know, you try to imitate it like... Uh, if he's strong, then I can be strong as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's not me. But to be fair, with Roroni Kenshin, it's a great basis of what a main character should be like as well. If it's if he's a good guy, 
In fact, one of the things I like about the Rooney Kenshin movie is how they portray Kenshin, wherein he's actually my favorite character in the movie. He's actually somebody I want to put my focus on. This is versus other movies or anime where you do have the main character, he does win at the end, but there's always somebody that you seem to be more biased about. So, like, take, for example, another anime, Naruto. I'm sure you're familiar with that, wherein there's always somebody who who would prefer Sasuke. There's always somebody who prefers prefer Sasuke's brother, Itachi. I would prefer Itachi over Naruto any day. But mm. in the Rurouni Kenshin movie, uh, a lot of focus and properly done focus is put on Kenshin. And he's this likable character who just who has his demons, who just wants to redeem himself. And he redeems it in cool samurai action. So, you know, that's the awesome part of it. I totally agree with you. But I have a but. Because <laughs> I have a rebuttal. Because, of course, yeah, I, Kenshin is my fav- most favorite character. And I love the focus on him. But the thing is, some characters like Ayoshi wasn't mm. really portrayed. I mean, no main focus. Only Wabanshu, yeah. Only oh. Wabanshu. Okay. Um, his group. So yep. not really focus on that. But I guess maybe, as you mentioned, it's too big of a story to yes. cramp up in one film. But yes, there might be Ayoshi fans or yep. Misao fans who were devastated that their yeah. ca- favorite character only like had a minute of screen time or something. Exactly. And to be fair, I did feel that. Because if you recall, I mentioned that my favorite character in the movie was Kenshin. But if we're going to move on to the anime now, then my favoritism would definitely shift towards Iko Seijuro, or Kenshin's master. Probably because I have a certain bias towards godlike characters. And the official word from the author, if, if I'm not mistaken, is that he is so strong that he had a hard time putting him in an actual battle because he just beat them up in a, in a snap. That's why nerdy anime fangirls fans, if you are if you're familiar with the anime, the only enemy that Hiko fought during that entire arc was Fuji, who was practically a giant. I mean a literal giant. Because that was the only one who was worthy enough to face him. Mm. So there we go with the difference on the movie and the anime stuff. <laughs> I think he will be on the f- the beginning film. Mm. I think Hiko Sejuro. Yeah. So watch uh, I look out forward for to that, that then. Yeah. 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 And what is your favorite fight scene in the anime and in the live action okay so in the anime look i know it seems like a cheat code but kenshin's fight with shishio that was the first time you get to see him really use amakikiro no hirameki the background of it and it was really that fight that showed a clear life and death situation for kenshin because remember you know that kenshin can't kill but Shishio can do it, and he had the ability to really do it. Plus, he was, you could say, even if, you know, obviously he's not hes not dead there, but he was like a zombie wherein you could feel he was like almost impervious to pain. And he was, for me, Kenshi's most dangerous enemy. Even against Inishi, Shishio in the anime was much deadlier. So much so that when Shishio died because he over he overheated, by the way, yes, that's the only way he lost because he overheated, <laughs> you know? His soul ended up in hell in the anime, and he was thinking like, you know what? I'm in hell. Let me conquer it. So I was like, that's a badass villain right there. <laughs> so that's why I would say that was my favorite fight scene in the anime. In the movie, though, I would say it was again in the first movie when he fought Jinne. They did it so well. They adopted that arc so that arc so well. Fight scene was awesome. Again, 
Kenshin had the handicap because he was trying so hard not to be Batosai, Hitokiri Batosai. But then, of course, he almost lost himself just for the sake to save Kaoru. Kaoru. Yep. And if Kaoru did not break from Jinnei's spell, then the Manslayer would have returned. And I suppose that's why I like that so much. Yeah, if you're going to ask about Shishio's fight, yeah, sure, it was awesome. But maybe because I'm biased because I did watch the anime. And you can't help it. You will compare. You really will. And naturally, Nine-Headed Dragon Flash uh, versus whatever they had in the in the movie, it doesn't hold the right water, I suppose. Yeah, for me, in the anime, I agree with you in a sense about Shishio's fight. But to me, what stayed on my memory, what was most impactful for me, was the fight with Sato, actually. Uh, it was okay. quite fast, how it was being done, like how he fought in that mm. small space. And he was like flying around in the... Yep. <laughs> so it was so good. It's so fast and... Fast and Furious. <laughs> so it was so good. So to me, that was the best for me. That really was most impactful. What are your thoughts on Sanosuke as a character well, in the film? Sano was definitely the foil to, I suppose, to Kenshin. You've got Kenshin, your typical protagonist, great guy, the kind of guy many guys want to be, to be honest. And here you have Sanosuke, the Joker, perhaps the comedic relief, but he's still. But the funny thing is, he's still the strong character, and he's still the best friend that you actually would want to have. And I think even in the anime and in the films, they do portray that Sanosuke is being the best friend of Kenshin. And I suppose maybe it's the Japanese who like showing it that even in that simplicity, or even something less than simplicity, there is beauty in it. There is value in it. And Sanosuke is one of those characters that shows that value that no matter how people view him as Lesu Kenshin, he is important in that story. He is important in their lives. And the way he stands true to himself contrasts very much to his master. And unfortunately, they didn't get to show it in the movie. But in the anime, they showed Sano's master, who was a monk, lost his way and joined Shishio but somehow found a way to redeem himself because of Sano. Mm. Okay, I agree with, of course, the depiction of his relationship with Genshin in the film was also yep. like a best friend and yep. he was good and funny. But I was slightly disappointed with how the character was uh, not really portrayed but how they created oh i don't know because sanosuke in the in the anime was tall lean and i, I would say good looking <laughs> and he had that big sword which yep. was absent in all of the mm. films his technique was not even at least like a second of screen time you know like mm. the fist technique so mm. and he's considered as a major character so it was wasn't mm. shown as much as I would have wanted it to be. I'm not going to say I disagree with you on that one. But again, look at how the films were portrayed. One, they, of course, needed to truncate everything into a small amount of time. And secondly, they, of course, wanted to focus more on Kenshin. That's clearly the case. Doesn't take away from Sano, I suppose. And yeah, of course, I know we wanted his big sword to be around, to be to be swinging at Kenshin at one point. But again, maybe this is me being the bad guy. I also look have to look at production budget, logistics <laughs> and whatnot. Is this even practical? Especially since, if you consider the film... It's a little bit more grounded versus the anime. In the anime, just for those who haven't watched it, you've got Kenshin using his 
ultimate technique, which basically means if he misses, he is so fast, he creates a vortex that sucks the enemy in and still allows him to make a second strike. Now, Sano's weapon was larger than him. In the film version, you can't even have Kenshin doing his ultimate technique that way. How much more for a weapon that's practically larger than a man? So I, I understand where we're, we're coming from. In fact, you know, as an anime fan as well, that would have been great to watch. But I see where that direction is going. And I also have to look again at budget. And yes. Yeah, and proof that it went well, we're talking about it right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Good point, good point. Of course, just trying to, again, nitpick. Because at first, I was slightly, slightly disappointed about yeah. Sano. And then on the second movie, again, slightly disappointed with Shishio. I don't know if mm. you like the character. I mean, the actor that who portrayed. I know he's very famous. Yep. And he's also a good actor, but I just didn't expect him to do Shishio, the ultimate villain. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you think about it, look, I think Shishio was done well. They did what they could. But then if we're going to talk about some disappointments or some things we wish were better, then there's a lot. But again, we have to remember it's a movie versus the anime. And of course, if it was up to me, probably a younger Ayoshi, somebody who's better, probably flesh out more his relationship with Misao. With regard to Shishio, probably make him into that really villainous being that we know in the anime. But look, one thing I've learned in this life, you can't have everything. Sometimes we have to be satisfied with what we want, but we also have to be happy with what was given to us if it's done really well. And for me, it was done very well for what it was worth. Yes, couldn't agree more on that. And as you mentioned, it's looking at the whole picture, right? You cannot have everything in life. You cannot yep. have everything in a movie. So yep. it was done amazingly. Kudos to everyone, all yep. the actors, the team, and the storytellers, directors, yep. and stuff. Yep. Yeah. So basically... The thing is, I'm happy that it's it was faithfully done as faithfully as they could, and it wasn't Dragon Ball the movie. It wasn't the last Airbender, and what was it wasn't Attack on Titan. I am a happy man. Let's and the Bleach as well. Oh yes. Wasn't ble- <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. So I'm so happy with how it turned out. Yep, exactly. All right. Thank you, Ray, for guesting on the show as always and thank you so much for your inputs and your overall thoughts on Rurouni Kenshin so thank you so much for being on the show thank you as well Glee glad to be here glad to have talked to you about Tressy and Rurouni Kenshin there's more opportunities I definitely would would talk about other anime as well for now again thank you thank you to all your listeners for for tuning in and y'all have a great day thank you Ray thank you bye